Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Hey, welcome to the Joe Carey Show. Thank you for joining us today right here on Talk 1640 AM and Coast to Coast on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. Thank you for uh, taking the time and uh, joining us today. I want to start with a story out of Minneapolis, just really circling back. Uh, remember when uh, the anarchists and the rioters were burning that city to the ground? The uh, Minneapolis City Council, you know, they really did something. They wanted to stand up for the people. They wanted to show the people that uh, they stood right by them. So they did two things. One, they voted to defund the police. And at the same time, they voted to hire themselves personal security protection. So as I understand the story, let's make sure the people aren't protected, but we will hire personal security for us. Well, apparently this the, the future was predictable to everyone but the members of the Minneapolis City Council because they're shocked. I mean, they are legitimately shocked that the citizens, the residents of Minneapolis, are complaining about a staggering increase in crime. Not just any crime, violent crime. So the Minneapolis uh, City Council, they met and they want answers from the police department. So they've gone to the police and said, you know, what's happening? Why is crime going up in the city? Isn't it almost laughable? I mean, the same people who caused the problem are now feigning ignorance about why is it happening? Maybe it has to do, maybe this jump in violent crime has to do with the fact that the city council slashed the police budget by a million dollars, and they've announced that they're going to transition to this new form of policing. So the predictable happened. Those who could retire, they retired. And now the people, who that, that's who we elect officials to protect. They're now the most vulnerable. I start with this story because I want to impress upon the audience that I know a lot of us, and it's right that we focus on national elections. You know, we have the presidential election coming up. But really, when it comes down to protecting you in your home, the politicians most responsible for that are the ones closest to you, right? They're the ones on your, uh, your city council, it's your mayor, and it's your governor. And with that, I want to introduce uh, Christina Conlin. She is a write-in candidate for governor. And if you want to find out where she stands on issues and her positions, you can go to her website, which is you know your standard www.kmc number four utah so kmc for utah.com christina thank you for taking the time to join us today oh thank you joe for having me so you decide you're going to run for governor against a popular lieutenant governor against a democrat i've got to ask what prompted you to do that well i just feel what's right makes might and i feel that we are divided more than we ever have been and we're not talking. There's not conversations going on about how we feel about things. We're asked to isolate and separate. But the problem is there is a lot of injustice. There is a lot of mandates that are coming down that clearly violate our constitutional rights. And I'm not okay with that. And I know together, we're going to work together to make you know, to get our freedoms back, but only together and through communication can we do that. So, Christina, your name will not be appearing on the ballot. You are a write-in candidate. That's an uphill climb in any situation. Now, you know, you can't speak to big groups in public because of, like you said, the social distancing and, and, and the prohibition on the large group meetings. What's your, how are you getting out this message that you have uh, about bringing Utahns together and uh, taking the state in a different direction. How? What's your plan on doing that? Yeah, so I want us to start communicating. It starts with the individual. We have a responsibility to talk to each other, and that means making, for example, for my campaign, how I want people to donate is one, a prayer. 
if that means going to the mountaintops and just feeling the energy and putting that energy back on the people, we just need to have faith that we we don't have control over viruses and things. And, and trying to pretend that we do it doesn't make any sense. But we, what we do have is community. We have the ability to come together. So prayer is one way we can connect with ourselves, with each other, with God. And two, any kind of volunteer work that people can do or just getting a, you know, getting some people together and saying, let's talk about this. Will you come speak? I would love to. And third, I challenge everyone to go out there to meet with an old friend or neighbor, family member, or give them a call someone who they feel divided from or you feel divided from and we are so polarized right now there's someone out there and i want you to just listen we were given two ears and one mouth and that means we need to listen twice as much as we talk and when you're listening don't have judgment don't come with an agenda don't say what i'm right you're wrong just listen and just sit with them in their fear and let your fear be known too this is my fear too and at the end of this we are going to enter a space where it's no longer you it's no longer me it's we and together in we we're going to come up with real solutions we're going to say hey you know what? i respect that you feel this way and i respect you feel this way but together i think we both agree we just want a right to choose we don't want these mandates put upon us. And that's how we're going to run this government. That's how we're going to get to solutions. So, Christina, like I said, this is a, this is a tough campaign in, in any normal environment. This is a write-in campaign. How are you going to define success for uh, what is more of governor's chair come January, I, I, I did something wrong, or is this more about, hey, you know, I, I, we need to have this discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you defining success in terms of your campaign? Oh, for me, just getting those conversations going, getting that faith back that we don't have control and that's okay. That to me is success. Well, let's talk about where you stand on some of the the issues that are always important to Utah voters. And at the top of that list is, you know, we we have this uh, coronavirus. We have the government, you know, winners and losers uh, in terms of what businesses can open, which businesses can open. What is your position on government's role in that process, in that decision-making process? Yeah, it's not for government to decide who gets to stay open, who doesn't. We need to support our free market that's disappearing very quickly. We need to support that. It's like goes back to control. Who says we even have control of what happens or ever did? But we have to keep our businesses going and stay open. How do you see that? I mean, are you just saying every business owner can decide for him or herself whether their business can open? Should there be guidelines or standards? What is your position on that? Sure. It's just not for government to say, you can be open, you can't. The church has to be closed, but the liquor store is okay to be open. It's not for government to make that decision. And let's uh, talk about uh, guns are a big issue. I mean, you just had Joe Biden, uh, who's uh, he came out and said, you know, look, we've got to take a closer look at gun control. That rubs a lot of Utahns the wrong way. Where do you stand on the issue of gun control, people's the Second Amendment, people's right to defend themselves? Yeah, it, guns are important. We need them to hunt. We need them to protect our people. The minute you take away guns, the gangsters are going to get them. They're going to, you know, probably from our own government. But the problem is we have to at least have a way to protect ourselves. So, yes, guns, that is not a right we should be able to take away. And if you were to ask this audience, the people listening right now, what they could do to what they should do to help you, if they're interested in learning more, if they want to donate, What's your what's your call to action for uh, my audience at this time? So just go out there, start communicating, get those conversations going in a way that you are in a space of empathy. And 
I know we're going to start coming up with those solutions, like I said. Um, if you want to help, you want me to come speak, um, go on to KMC4Utah.com. We'll have some contact information for you there. And it's just, yeah, making those phone calls, reconnecting with what's important. You know, I've got to say that, you know, a lot of people say, you know, look, I, I don't like Spencer Cox. I, I'm not going to vote for a Democrat. And people are looking for an alternative. People are looking for a different option. I'm going to suggest that that's going to take some time on your part. And a good place to start is KMC4Utah.com. KMC4Utah.com. Take a look. You might like what you see. We'll be back right after this break. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've had a lot of really great days back to back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, because uh, they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis, he was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking. And he, he said he didn't care how many I had. You know, he said it's food. And the form that it then was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner and he's always researching and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. Wade Alaroot for Cornerstone Asset Metals. In the last six months, trillions of dollars have been printed out of thin air, drastically diluting your buying power and future standard of living. Today, you have only one choice. Protect and preserve your future savings and standard of living. Protect your retirement. Protect your children's future. How do you do that? With precious metals. Back in 1970, a paper dollar and a silver dollar were equal in value. Today, your paper dollar buys less than half a gallon of gas, while a silver dollar buys over 10 gallons. More proof positive that gold and silver protect Protect your wealth and future buying power. Take advantage today. Roll over a portion of your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA. Only for Wayne Alaroot listeners, Cornerstone will waive all transfer costs up to $1,000 value. So you'll open a precious metals retirement account for no cost. No one else in America is offering this deal. Don't delay. Protect your wealth now. To register for more information, call 888-8-GOLD-NOW. 888-8-GOLD-NOW. Or go to cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Welcome back to the uh, Joe Carey Show. You know, there's a few lessons that uh, we call life lessons, and, and we call them that because they apply whether we're at work, you know, part of our uh, growing up or our educational experiences. But there's a, a universal nature to these lessons. It applies to all situations, and it's a truth. It's a fundamental truth about the way we should live our lives. You know, I was talking to someone earlier today, and uh, we were talking about karma and, you know, that life lesson that, you know, in general, you know, good things happen to good people. Does it mean you're immune from uh, bad things? Does it mean you're uh, immune from bad people? Absolutely not. 
But, you know, he was talking about Donald Trump and the, the gentleman I was speaking to, a rather successful business person. I mean, his company makes, you know, upwards of 15 to 20 million a year. And he was saying, you know, I don't buy what people say about Donald Trump. When people say that he's nasty or mean, when he reads that, he's like, you know, Joe, I've been in business too long. And he's like, you don't get to be successful in business. And I can't repeat what he said because it was profanity laced, but he basically, you can't become successful in business if you're a jerk. He says, you just don't get there. He says, you might get one or two deals, right? You might be able to, to, to screw somebody out of a deal or two, but then your reputation limits your ability to grow. And he says, so I don't believe when Donald, when, when people say for political reasons, oh, Donald Trump, you know, he's nasty or mean, or he threw this old lady out of the house to build, he's like, the evidence doesn't support it. And I thought about that and I'm like, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like in politics, you're almost rewarded for meanness, right? So the tougher Nancy Pelosi or even on on the Republican side, Mitch McConnell, you know, the way they wield their power to punish and reward, that keeps them in office and it keeps them in the positions they occupy. In the real world, it doesn't work that way. So I wanted to bring Perley Oberly on. She is the CEO of Oberly Oil. And Perley, I want to talk to you about that. I mean, do, do you see that in business? Do you agree with this gentleman when he says, Joe, you don't make it in business being a jerk. Like eventually it catches up with you and you don't go any further. I, I totally agree with that, Joe. Yes. Especially in your business, Carol. Go ahead. That's all. Just you have to keep your word. If you don't, if you don't, the word gets around really fast. Especially within what business you're in. There's a small network of people, and they all know each other. That's all. Well, you used to tell me this, which is one of the things I think is absolutely amazing. You know, uh, given my legal background, when you talk about you know, everything I've seen it, you know, every change in a contract, people document it. They have their teams of lawyers review it and they're like, okay, everybody signed off on it. Now we can agree on this change. Your dad and you, as you've run your company for decades, most of your business is done on the proverbial handshake that you look each other in the eye and say, this is what we're going to do. And I don't think that's sustainable if you're not following through on the promises you make. Absolutely. Yes, we still do things in the oil patch on the handshake and your word. And your reputation, of course, precedes you in that, negoti- that contract. But yes. I think that's why it's so important that we surround ourselves with the best people. And that doesn't mean like the talented people or, uh, you know, with the right skill set that that's included in it. But, you know, Paralee, we were talking recently and you were saying, you know, we had this field. It wasn't producing very well. And you just made like a minor personnel switch and it changed everything. It did. It did. I know what you're referring to. Yes, we had an oil well that was not producing and it had not been for way too long of a period and I switched the person that goes to the well every day and checks on it and makes sure all the mechanics are working he's called the pumper and and I got the best news this morning, yesterday the day before, the well is actually flowing crude oil all on its own without the pump jack so yes makes a huge change who we choose to do business with and vice versa. Yeah, I, I look at that and I think there are so many takeaway lessons from that. Like so many times it's not the asset or the situation or the business that's wrong. It's just our way of looking at it or approaching it. And, you know, I look at it like... Um, I look at it like, like God's Rubik's Cube, right? Like... We look at it and say, there's no way this is all going to come together, right? There's no way these are all going to end up on the same color on the same side. There's just too many moving parts. It's too difficult. 
but really it's it's already work it, it's workable it's doable and once you do it you look back and say that was tough but yeah i figured it out let me apparently yeah. you and i it was amazing how uh when we talk about the right people in each other's lives how we met was absolutely amazing and i don't think you've shared this story on the air before do you mind like do you remember that do you remember where we met and how i do remember it i i had just had i just had this huge urge to go to jerusalem israel and i had i think it might have been my second time there and um I went by myself, not with a group of people, not on a tour. I just went. I, the Lord called me to go. Looking back on it, I can say that now. So I showed up, and lo and behold, you are there. You're with a team of people with Glenn Beck. And here's how we met, though. So I get off the airplane, I hire a, a hotel Senate driver taxi guy to get me from the hotel, and he brought me to my hotel, and, and, um, and by then I had heard that you and your team, you and Glenn and all the people were in town, I think it was for that restoring courage or something event mm -hmm. in Israel. Mm -hmm. I didn't did not know you guys were gonna be there. I didn't know any of you. Never thought I'd run into you. But anyway, just in case I had heard it through the people talking in the hotels that you guys would be there, I wrote a note. I saw the same taxi driver the next day and I took a business card out of my purse and I wrote it quickly. I wrote a note, Glenn, thank you for standing up for the independent oil and gas people and for energy in our country. And if you need me, I'm at Blah Blah Hotel. Here's my number. Who do I get a call from in a few hours is Joe Carey. <laughs> and I had looked into if tickets were available to the events you guys were having. So I'll never forget what you said. You called me and you said, yes, you reached out to us. And I said, how did you get a hold of me? You told me quickly you were. I, I said, I thought you were sold out of tickets for all of this. I looked on the internet and you came up with the classic line, there's tickets and then there's tickets. <laughs> and so oh. it was so funny and you got me into every single thing you guys did and that's how we met. And I missed okay. the thing. The other part is that that driver, you know, picked you and Glenn up the next day and handed that business back of the car to you guys and Glenn just gave it to you and had you call me. I mean, you know, I, I, I wish we had more time, but I, I think it makes the point that that Rubik's cube, it looks like things won't come together, but they do. My only regret that 90 year old couple that I had to take the tickets from. We'll be back right after this break. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. FBI Director Chris Wray currently testifying on Capitol Hill to a congressional committee saying America faces multiple threats as the election nears, including... The intelligence community's consensus uh, is that Russia continues to try to influence our elections. Ray saying the FBI is working aggressively to combat such threats, insisting that foreign interference in American elections will not be tolerated. The now former special counsel Robert Mueller concluded that Russia tried to influence the 2016 election. President Trump has long called that a massive hoax. 
Weekly jobless claims are down, but not by a lot. The Labor Department says 860,000 Americans filed first-time claims last week, 33,000 fewer than the previous week. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Okay, some good news during a challenging time for everybody, and this could really help. You may know hundreds of thousands of people have already made the switch to MediShare, which is the affordable alternative to health insurance. And with so many people looking at how they pay for health care right now, seeing premiums going up or the cost of COBRA plans, MediShare has extended their special offer, and a lot of people have taken advantage of it. Simply apply by September 30th, and they will waive your new member fee. That's $170 savings. And, of course, that's just a start. The typical family saves $500 a month after making the switch. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and it's worked beautifully for decades. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Now Tropical Depression Sally soaking the southeast still with very heavy rain. The former hurricane expected to drop from four to eight inches of rain today as it moves across Georgia into South Carolina. But in some spots by the end of the storm, they'll have received rain being measured in feet. It made landfall Wednesday morning as a Category 2 hurricane. A big night for the country music world last night. It was a virtual event this year, but the Academy of Country Music Awards aired live from the Grand Ole Opry House, and host Keith Urban seemed to be caught off guard by the Entertainer of the Year Award. <laughs> no way. We have a tie. <laughs> this, must, this has got to be a first in ACM history, I'm sure. The winners of that award involved in the tie were Carrie Underwood and Thomas Rhett. And you're listening to USA Radio News. You know, you're listening to the Joe Carey Show. I have to tell you, I think it is absolutely amazing. If you saw the press conference yesterday... It is absolutely stunning how nasty, I mean, just nasty the press is. And look, their response is going to be, well, we've got to go nasty because when the president goes low, we go lower. Or they could say what Michelle Obama said, you know, which when the president goes low, she says they go higher, but she means they go lower. But the press was just unbelievably uh, nasty yesterday. And it's never a question born out of innocence. It's never a question where we don't know the answer. Please inform us, enlighten us. It's always this massive form of gotcha. How do we get the president? Because, you know, we know he's lying, but he keeps going up in the polls. And they've played their cards. Remember, the reason you're seeing anarchy in the streets is because the Democrats have gone through their playbook. And their playbook is typically right. Donald Trump was a colluder. He colluded with the Russian. Donald Trump is a liar. Donald Trump is a misogynist. Donald Trump is a racist. Donald Trump is a white supremacist. They've gone through their playbook over the last four years. And every time they've laid a card down face up, what's happened? Donald Trump not only survives, his poll numbers are at the highest they have been of his presidency. You have a pandemic that's ravishing the country. You have governors that are keeping their economies closed. And you have an economy with with double-digit unemployment, what, 50 days before a national election? And Donald Trump is not only holding his own, for the first time he's leading in the national poll. That's mind-boggling, and it must be driving Democrats and their media friends absolutely nuts. Now, we've tried everything. I guess the only thing left is let's go the anarchy, socialist, uh, destructive route and see what happens. And that's driving people to vote Republican and support Donald Trump. So you're watching the media yesterday and their questions, they're just laced with sarcasm and vitriol. 
And they ask all these questions about coronavirus. Well, you know, uh, because apparently the head of the CDC, and I don't know if you saw this, but he was uh, testifying before Congress. And he, he's saying that a mask uh, may be more effective than an actual vaccine. I mean, think about that. A, vac- a, a mask may be, this is the same CDC that when the virus broke, what were they saying? What was Dr. Fauci and other members of the CDC saying? You don't need a mask. So we went from you don't need a mask to now saying it may be more effective than the actual vaccine. So instead of asking the president or asking the medical officials, this doesn't sound right. I mean, does that sound right to you? But instead of saying this doesn't sound right, what explain this to us. Instead, it's all about if it's, if it's more effective than a mask, if a mask is more effective than the vaccine, why isn't Trump wearing a mask all the time? And the president's explained this a thousand times. I'm tested all the time. People that come into my office are tested. Masks are designed to protect other people. Because I know I don't have it, what's the purpose of the mask? But they have nothing left because their candidate has literally tattooed his mask to his face. Well, Joe, it doesn't work that way. Like even if it's just an image of a, of a mask, it doesn't work that way. But you never see Joe Biden without a mask. He's in the middle of a field by himself. He's wearing a mask. Because the mask has now become the symbol of the politics that are consuming the country. And it's tough. It's almost like a knee-jerk reaction. You see somebody wearing a mask. And so I go to the gym and, you know, the policy at my gym is you've got to walk in with the mask. Um, and then as you go from, you know, workout station to workout station, as you're moving, you have to put the mask back on. But when you're actually working out, you don't have to wear the mask. Well, I don't like the idea of, you know, putting the mask on, taking it off, putting it on, taking it off as you're touching all this equipment, because it's my understanding that that's how you pass it along, right? Like your, your hands, which could have the virus are now coming up to your face all the time. So once I go to the gym, I just leave it on. And Brian, I got so used to it. One day I got out, got in my car, started driving back to my, and I'm wearing the mask. And I pull up to a light and I, I look over and there's like a couple next door, like just a group of guys and they're pointing at me and I know what they're saying. Oh, look at that loser. He's wearing a mask by himself in his car. And I, I take it out and trying to explain, you know, like with hand motions, no, 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 I'm not one of those people. Like I, I but it shouldn't come down. It shouldn't, that's not who we are. It's not who we are. It's not who we should be. But we make these instantaneous judgment calls. Well, he's wearing a mask. And why? Because the press makes it that way. There's a multitude of reasons why you might wear a mask. And there's just as many why you may not wear a mask. But the press, in their frenzy, in this shark-infested feeding frenzy to get the president, we have to make it all about the mask. And so if you watched the press conference yesterday, all these questions about the mask and the vaccine, well, there was some other pretty big news that happened yesterday. Two Arab countries signed a peace agreement with Israel. The UAE and Bahrain both signed a peace agreement with Israel. The Israeli national anthem was played in those countries yesterday. Think about that. That's mind-boggling. Guess how many questions Donald Trump's press secretary was asked about that peace deal during the press conference yesterday? It was about 40 minutes. How many questions do you think they asked about this historic event? I mean, peace to the Middle East. They asked none. Zero. Not one question about that peace deal. Because they hate that it was Donald Trump that made it happen. 
And so they would rather just ignore it, right? If we ignore it, then we don't have to worry about asking questions. We don't have to worry about how it happened. And they hate it because it was Donald Trump, but they hate it for another reason. They hate it because it was just Donald Trump. Remember, the the liberal progressive narrative about bringing peace to the Middle East for the past 20 years has been, no, no, we need multilateral talks. We need to invite in the Russians, the Chinese, the United Nations, the EU. We need all the stakeholders at the table. That's the only way we're going to have peace in the Middle East. Donald Trump said no. He says, I'm going to do diplomacy. And it's going to be us, it's going to be the Israelis, and it's going to be these different Arab countries. Guess who also wasn't involved in this peace deal? And it drives the progressives, it it angers them to a degree that's hard to fathom. Their beloved United Nations was not involved. And that tortures them almost as much as the fact that it was Donald Trump that made it happen. Because their narrative for the past 20 years was, if you really want peace, if you really want to bring peace to the Middle East, you've got to involve the United Nations. You've got to involve the EU. And then lately it's been, you've got to bring in the Russians, you've got to bring in the Chinese. And they love it because it means it'll never get solved. But everybody can take credit for trying to solve it. So liberals love that. Oh, yeah, let's go down there again. Let's, you know, next year we'll try again. We'll bring everybody back. We'll go to these fancy dinners. We'll have a lot of talk. Well, we were so close. So we're going to issue this piece of paper that says we were close, but we couldn't decide anything. But we're going to try again. And Donald Trump looked at the model and said, you know, it hasn't worked for 20 years. Why should we try it again? Let's do the art of the deal. Let's make this happen. And Donald Trump, he just said again, there's going to be five or six more countries. And then he said, including Saudi Arabia. The magnitude of that accomplishment is huge. But the media doesn't ask one question about it. Because they hate that Donald Trump will get the credit and that the United Nations wasn't involved. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. When we come back, we're going to talk about a big story out of Nashville. No, and it's not about an Elvis sighting. We'll be back with that story. 801-331-8113 right here on The Joe Carey Show after this commercial break. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Have you been putting off opening your retirement account statements because you're afraid of what you might see? If you were caught in the recent correction, you know that watching your savings evaporate in the market is devastating. We're the Retirement Income Store, and our message is clear. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes, hoping for growth. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk, using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our retirement income kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. 
Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Hey, welcome back to the uh, Joe Carey Show. I have to say, you know, one of the big things that uh, that happened this week is in Pennsylvania, you had a federal judge striking down uh, Governor Wolf's lockdown, right? He keeps the businesses in, in Pennsylvania. You still can't go in and do dine-in eating. I think that opens up the last week of September. I just got an announcement uh, that uh, they're going to open up the schools now to uh, limited in-school instruction. And all businesses that I used to walk by that said, hey, temporarily closed, we're going to make it through, we're going to hang in there, those are all gone now. They're not reopening. And it was that mayor's policies and that mayor's decision. You had uh, Governor Cuomo come out. He came out with a big heartfelt statement, right? Like, oh, the PTSD as a result of this coronavirus, it's off the charts, Well, is it the coronavirus or is it your reaction to the virus? By keeping your residents locked up, by telling them they can't go out while you go out, while you go to a gym, you're telling them they can't. While you go to the parks, you're telling them they can't. While you're saying it's not safe for restaurants to reopen. And I think people are legitimately confused. So you have this federal judge and he strikes down the, the governor's uh, emergency directives because a lot of what's happening is done under emergency executive decision making, right? There's an emergency. We've got to address it. And I'm going to enact all these regulations. And in Michigan, they gathered the 450,000 signatures. I think uh, 400,000 have to be valid. And then they can repeal the law that the governor is – Governor Whitmer – is acting under to enact her draconian lockdown policies. And the big problem is the lack of transparency, right? Because people just don't trust government. Why? Because government gives them every plausible reason not to believe them. CDC comes out of the chute, don't need a mask. And I think they said it because they knew they didn't have enough protective gear, right? I think they understood that, hey, the better policy is probably wear a mask. But since we don't have enough, if we say we don't have enough, then we look unprepared. So let's just tell the people they don't need one. So you don't need a mask. And now they come back and you have the head of the CDC saying, well, a mask actually may be more effective than a vaccine. Wait, weren't you the same group of folks that were telling us we don't need a mask at all? And then did you see the head of the CDC testifying before Congress? He is touching that mask in all the wrong ways. He's got his hands on the front of it, the back of it. Hey, don't worry. He's only the guy in charge of, you know, our health from the government's perspective. And he's telling us how effective the mask is while he's manhandling. And it's like Dr. Fauci saying, you know, social distance, wear the mask. And then we see him at the baseball game and he's doing neither of those things. The governor, uh, the mayor of Chicago, uh, Lightfoot, 
I'm going to close down the salons, and then she's out getting her hair done, not social distancing. And we saw the Nancy Pelosi uh, video. And then the government looks around and says, why, why don't people believe us? Why don't they do what we ask them to do? And so they, they've got to ramp up their response, and their response is always force, right? It's either fines or force. And they refuse to be transparent. Well, okay, Governor, why did you shut down these businesses and not these? Well, you know, there are all these scientific studies, and we really did a... But they never share any of those. Well, this is an emergency. We've got to act, we've got to act fast. Look and listen to what happened in Nashville, because I think this is absolutely amazing. This is Nashville, Tennessee. The headline uh, is... COVID-19 emails from Nashville mayor's office show disturbing uh, uh, revelation. The coronavirus cases in Nashville may have been so low that the mayor's office and the Metro Health Department decided to keep it a secret. Emails between the mayor's senior advisor and the health department reveal only a partial picture, but what they reveal is disturbing. The discussion involves the low number of coronavirus cases emerging from bars and restaurants and how that should be handled. Most disturbingly, they also discussed how to keep those low numbers from the public. These are elected officials deciding they have a right to know, but you don't. On June 30th, contact tracing was given a small view of coronavirus clusters. Construction and nursing homes were found to be causing problems with more than a thousand cases traced to each category. But bars and restaurants were responsible for just 22 reported cases. So-and-so from the health department asks in the email, uh, this isn't going to be public, publicly released, right? Just to the mayor's office. And she's referring to the very low number of infections arising from bars and restaurants. Like, we're not going to tell the people this, right? I mean, we're not going to share it with them. Correct. Not for public consumption, writes the senior advisor to the mayor. A month later, the health department was asked point blank about the rumor there were only 80 cases traced to bars and restaurants, and the rumor was wrong. It was only 22. But somebody says, hey, we only heard there are 80 cases related to bars and restaurants. Why do we keep them closed? The figure you gave of more than 80 does not lead to a natural question. If there have been over 20,000 positive cases of COVID-19 and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants and bars, doesn't that mean that restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem? That's the question from the reporter. So that question was sent in. The health department then reaches out and says, please advise how you recommend I respond. Now, the simple answer should have been what? The truth. But what do they do? Uh, my two cents, we have uh, certainly refused to give counts per bar because those numbers are low per site. We could still release the total, though, and then a response to the over 80 could be because that number is increasing all the time and we don't want to say a specific number. So what did the city council come out and say? They are fabricating information. They've blown their entire credibility. I don't trust a thing they say going forward. Nothing. The city council member has said that he has been contacted by an endless stream of bartenders, waitresses, and restaurant owners asking why would officials not release these numbers. We raised taxes 34% and put hundreds, literally thousands of people out of work. And we did it on bogus data. That is happening all across this country. It is happening everywhere. And we see it because the governors aren't releasing the information. 
because it hurts their narrative, right? How do you justify? We just saw the Big Ten come back and say, hey, we're going to restart football after they said we're not going to restart football. And what was the response? It was political. It wasn't, hey, look at the, the data. This isn't safe. This is, it was, wow, this may help Trump. That's how we're making health decisions now? That's how we're deciding whether a vaccine is valid or not? You have Joe Biden. You have Bill Gates. You have Kamala Harris all coming out and saying, I don't trust. I don't trust the process. I don't trust the FDA. I don't trust Trump. And then they wonder why people don't want to take the vaccine. Accountability is not a bad word. Accountability is what, in large part, keeps government doing the right thing. Because you go back and say, how was this decision made? Because, you know, you just wiped out your tax base. I think it was in Portland, the governor was saying, you know, wow, uh, we may have to raise taxes on everybody because of, uh, you know, what the virus did. If we don't get a federal bailout, if we don't get the federal money, we may have to raise taxes. You did that because you made the decision to put tens of thousands of your own citizens out of business. Local elections matter. Do you know who your, 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 your local Utah or any other state, your, your local senator is, your local representative? Because they're the ones who are making these decisions. Elections matter. 50 days. Make sure you're registered to vote and make sure you vote. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. Remember, take the time, get right with God. Be kind. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde up next right here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. <laughs> 